Hello, this is Pastor Jay. I'm excited to invite you to come over to listen to our broadcast on YouTube. Yes, Walk in True Christian Fellowship Church on YouTube. We have some great videos over there and you'll be able to listen to all the lessons and the podcast. So again, subscribe, like, and continue to comment and listen. This is Pastor Jay. Talk to you later. Peace. God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit in us, it leads us 
to repentance when we do wrong. You don't have to have somebody other than the Holy Spirit tell you that you're wrong. And when you know, let me tell you how you know that you walk in the Spirit. When you do something wrong, you'll catch yourself, and the Holy Spirit will catch you and arrest you before anybody else catch you. It'll catch you. If you truly are sold out for Christ, there are some things that might run through your mind, and just all of a sudden you'll catch yourself and say, oh, no, that's the wrong direction. I know that's the devil, and I know that's my flesh. And that's the key. When you know it's your flesh, and you can say no to your flesh, you ain't got to worry about the devil because he's already been defeated. Your, our issue, our problem, our uh, vice is flesh. It's not a third party that you need. You don't need, let me tell you something. You don't need to be worried about the demon or the devil. They've been defeated. You keep acting like it's them when it's really you. It's you. The old man is still in you. You have to actively try to put that thing to death every day. Yes. Every day. Yes. Not on Sunday, Friday, Saturday night before you come to church. This is an everyday walk with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the fact is, there is, you're not condemned anymore. Hallelujah. And you have to live like you are not a condemned person, which requires a renewing of your mind. Which requires a renewing of your mind. Okay? So what we're going to talk about today is how do we go about, what does the Bible say about being not condemned? Freedom. When you think of not being condemned, what do you think of? Freedom. Okay. Freedom from what? Freedom from guilt. Okay, from guilt. Good. Anybody else? When you think of nothing that, you, that you're not condemned, Freedom said that it's free from guilt. Yes, you're free from guilt. What else? You're free from sin. You're free from sin. What else? You're not held accountable because what? No. You you're close, but that's that's not what we're looking for. You're not held. A, you're okay. I'm gonna do it slowly. You're not held accountable because Jesus already Jesus paid the price. Amen. Y'all just avoided the quiz. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You're not accountable because He was accountable for you. So you don't have to go back and try to pay that price anymore. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to go back and sacrifice anymore. A lot of us, when we talk church, is you just continue to put Jesus on the cross. Continue to put Jesus on the cross. That means you don't understand that he's already won and he's gone. He's all he's done. He said it is finished. But you have to come to realization realization, and walk in the finished work of Christ. One of the things that hinders a saint is that they do not walk in the finished work. They walk in the work before it was finished. Condemnation, guilt, shame. You know. And we throw religion in there because religion gives you all of that. Religion gives you all of that. Religion gives you guilt, condemnation and shame based upon what another man thinks. Man has created religion with some good intentions, but it always goes awry because it's man-made. It always, I don't care what denomination you think of, it has went awry. Roman Catholicism, Baptist, Koji, Lutheran, Methodist, all of them have gone awry of God because it's some man made with good intentions at the time it was started. Maybe the man was not even trying to create a religion, but other men created a religion around him. Meaning, like, I give you this. Protestantism is from Martin Luther. Okay? Martin Luther did not want a religion named after him. He didn't know that, that we would be practicing what we call Protestantism behind what he did as God inspired him to do it. We always look for idols. We always look for idols. Church of God in Christ, the apostolics, the act of Pentecost, they turn into an idol of religion. But just like Pentecost was a moment in time of God's awesome power, so was when God parted the Red Sea and, and parted the Jordan. But you don't see nobody creating religion out of that because that's a little hard. <laughs> Same display of God's power. 
but never commanded that we make a religion out of it and idolize those who idolize it. God is bigger. Amen. God is bigger than his miracles. Mm -hmm. Because he wouldn't be able to create them if he was bigger than that. Right. So why would I worship the thing, the demonstration, when I can worship the God of the demonstration? You know, that, that just comes. That, some of this stuff is a little, a little common sense, but as Christians, we've been taught that common sense is not godly sense, but God says use some common sense sometimes. Quit trying to be so mystical. So out there. That you can't even tie your shoes. You know, without talking to God. God be like, just tie your shoes, baby. Just tie your shoes, man. You don't need to talk. You don't need to talk to me about tying your shoes. Because you got some other issues that I need to talk to you about that you avoid. Now you can't say thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with thanking God anytime you want to thank God for anything. Yeah, but I mean, but you sit there saying, gosh, teach me how, show me to tie my shoes. Do I do the right one first or the left one first? That's a waste of God's awesome power. I need God to deal with some stuff inside me. Because he said, my heart is desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. Who can know it? He says that I have a stiff neck. He says that we don't know his ways. His ways are not our ways. So I need a, 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 a submissive heart so I can submit to God. So I can live out the fact that I'm not condemned. A lot of us, I mean, I see it every day. It's just that, it's just that maturity mindset of no condemnation. Because you got the world condemning you, you got the secular world telling you how to think, you got the secular world telling you what a Christian is, but you not read your Bible to say to know that they're lying. Because God said, let my word be true to every man a liar. When you got outside people telling you how to be a Christian and not a Christian, and you listen to them, something's wrong with you. That's true. You don't let no homosexual tell you about being no Christian. <laughs> or no thief. Or no robber. Or no liar. So I covered them. So, so somebody listening to the Lord, no, I'm saying you don't let no outright sinner tell you about what a Christian should be. I mean, I was listening to a show the other day where uh, this lady was getting on, on, on this show and she was saying, oh, I'm so hurt by the Christians because the Christians should be a better example. And then, uh, But you're the same lady who said you drink, you smoke, you get high, you fornicate and you don't care. But we should be ashamed by it because you said so. Because we don't, we didn't cater to you, and we made you feel guilty. We supposed to make you feel guilty when you, when you, when you break God's faith, when you sit there talking against our God. We supposed to. You're not supposed to be comfortable sitting. You shouldn't be comfortable just telling me, "Look, I'm a fornicator. I like fornicating because grace covers it." No, that ain't how that works. That ain't how that works. You, you should have some civil. Some civility about yourself when it comes to. I mean, I'm not talking about the saint, I'm talking about the, the sinner who does not know God. Okay? You should be concerned, but see, you want to tell me I should accept everything you say to me, and if I don't, I'm not Christ. You don't even know God. You're carnal minded. How you how you gonna tell me who's carnal minded and how spiritual minded what God wants? That, that brings up a question, Pastor. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a carnal, can a carnal person be saved? That's my question. Can a carnal person be saved? Yes. Yeah, because a carnal, you're carnal before you're saved. Right. Yeah, so carnal, all carnal, we all are carnal, so we all are going to be saved. Now, what you're asking is, can, is there such thing as a carnal Christian? Correct. That's what you're really asking. Yes, sir. And no. Okay, thank you. I know, no, 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 no. We're going to see it in the description in a few minutes. There's no such thing as a carnal Christian. Because carnal, carnal people can't discern the things of God. If you are a Christian and you can discern the things of God and you speak God's truth, you're not carnal anymore. You're spiritual. Even though, in fact, you're walking out your sanctification process, but you should have some change in your life. Just like you had change in your body. You should have some change in your life. Something should be different about you. Something that we can put our hands on. We know that you're a work in progress. We covered all this. We know. We understand all that. But you don't wear that to continue to sin. Shall you continue to sin and grace you to bow? No. Your graciousness should be evident that God has graciously, mercifully saved you. And as you come into the understanding, my job 
is to get you to understand what God has done for you. Amen. And if I get you to understand and appreciate what God's done for you, then can't nobody take you back. It's when we don't appreciate what God's done for us that sometimes we end up stumbling. But for the most part, what I've run into in my past 11 years of life, I've run into professing Christians, where it's mouth only, and religion, and I've ran into Christians who love God. And it's a difference. Anybody can learn the system and do religion. Anybody can do that. But it takes one who has submitted himself to the Holy Spirit to walk in grace and peace. Okay? All right. Go ahead, free to pick up. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Stop. So we have this, this exchange. What the law did was condemn us and was weak. And we were weak to the law because we couldn't fulfill the law. Okay? Because remember back in 7, Paul talked about the fact that when he tried to do good, he was always present. When he wanted to do good, he ended up doing wrong. And when he thought to do, when he wanted to do right, it just wasn't going to happen because he didn't have the power within himself to do so. But who would deliver him from his death? Jesus Christ delivered him from the death of the law because the law, what did the law do? Well, the only thing the law did for us is what? Point out that we sinners. Point out that we sinners. Thank you. It points out that we are sinners. Okay? That's what the law did. It pointed out that we were sinners. And that is the point of the law. So if it pointed out that we were sinners or incapable of satisfying the law, then we needed a savior. We needed someone to live out the law perfectly and we just hey, it's read that. Read that again. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. Stop. Who did it? God. God. Did you do it? No. See how bad, see what I'm trying to tell y'all? Remember I told y'all this all the time. When you put God up here, and you down here, in your talk, in your speech, and in your understanding, you will never go wrong. But when you start talking about, well, you know, I had something, something to do with it. That ain't what that scripture said. That scripture said, read it again. For God has For God. Go ahead. done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. So, weakened by the flesh. Who's in the flesh? We are. We could not do it. God had to do it for us. Now, did God say there was any prequalifications to him to do it? No. He did it because of what? Love. Love. So, one principle we're going to learn out here is when you do stuff out of love, you never go wrong. All right. Now, I ain't talking about that emotional thing that y'all be talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about sacrificial thing. Mm -hmm. The agape, the, the duty of I'm willing to watch this. I'm willing to forego my rights at any point in time so that you may see Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus was the king, right? Yes. He was the God, right? Yes. He came to sinful flesh, right? Yes. So that we can be saved. So he gave up his rights mm -hmm. to save you. Yes. He could have just wiped us all out. He had the right to. Mm -hmm. yes. But the love is a higher law than your right. Mm. And what is the obedience to the Father? And the obedience to the Father. Okay? So we have this love operating, this grace operating at all points in this because God did this what we could not do because we are fleshly creatures. Okay? Go ahead and keep reading from there. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned sin where? In the flesh. So he condemned the sin that's in your flesh because the Bible says it's going to be no longer you that sin, but the sin that dwells within you. Mm -hmm. So he's condemned the flesh so you won't be condemned. You read 81 says there's no more condemnation. So the judge, the righteous judge, the righteous God says, I have condemned the sin in your flesh so that you will not be condemned for eternity. Okay? So this act of love was one that took care of the sin problem. Okay? As you live it out, you have choices. Whether you're going to live condemned 
Or are you gonna live in the flesh? If you live in the flesh, you're, you're, you're living under condemnation. These are the choices that you make. But you live under love and sacrifice and grace, you'll make the right choice. Okay, you'll make the right choice. Go ahead. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So now we have how we live. The righteousness of the law is now fulfilled in us. Who is, it? is it us in us our, of our own merit? No. Is it goes back to the first, those who are what? In Christ Jesus. See, you can't get fulfilled under the law unless you're in Christ Jesus because who feels fulfilled the law? Jesus. He did. Yeah. Ain't just simple, sister. Ain't just so simple. You ain't got to be no, no, no spiritual giant or mystic to understand it. If it says we are those, in 8 1 it says those that we're not condemned for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, then the only place the law can be fulfilled is in Christ Jesus. You got to be able to go from the Bible and look up and down and not get stuck. It has to flow because it does flow. So we have a situation where everything we need, the Bible tells us everything we need is in Christ Jesus. So if everything I need, and I'm pointing over here to give it the illustration, if everything I need is right here, why am I over there? Why am I over there? Okay, let me tell you what's over there. Angels. The devil. Religion. People, politicians, the world. When you say past angels, angels are created beings. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and bust y'all's bubble. Y'all know I like doing that. There's no, you, you ain't gotta worry about no guarding angel. Why would you want the angel when you got the Holy Ghost over here? Amen. I know y'all silent because y'all been taught that the guardian angels. I got angels watching over me. Why do you need an angel when you got the Holy Ghost? <laughs> You got the one who created the angel in you. That's why he said in the, in the scriptures, at one point, what are we going to do? Y'all know your Bible. You're going to judge angels. Is that what it said earlier? At some point in scripture, it says, you go judge angels. So how are you going to judge angels if you think angels are higher than you? The judge has to be higher than what it judges. But you know why you want to you guard an angel? Because you ain't tapping to the Holy Ghost inside of you. Because you're scared that the Holy Ghost will reveal some stuff in you that you don't want nobody to see. So you want an outside being to be over your life. I want the thing that God said. He said, I've given you everything according to power and glory with inside of you. I don't look external. I look in the Word and in the Spirit. I don't need a third party. I need God as what? One. I don't need two. I don't need second string when I got first string in me. But, but first string requires a submission that I might not be willing to do. See, see, see when, you, when you learn how to activate the Holy Spirit in you and, and submit to it, it's not activation, it's a submitting. I want to change that word. It's not activation because you don't do nothing to What you do is submit to it. And the more words you know, because it speaks through the word, because he said my word is spirit, the more words you know, the more you can submit. The less words you know, you can't submit. You don't need no chapter and verse. How do I know that the Bible says that uh, we're going to judge angels? Because I know what's saying I've read that somewhere in there. Okay. He says, I give you everything that, that pertains to uh, good and godliness. We're, yeah. It's in the Word. He said, the Word helps us bring down these strongholds, right? Well, if, if, okay. If I have the power to bring down strongholds, why do I need a third party outside of me? The Holy Spirit's there to guide you in all truth. That's the Bible say. Yeah. See, but we don't concentrate on what the big spirit is doing in us. What we want to do is be like the world. Everything in the world is everybody else but yourself. Mm -hmm. We have to submit to the Holy Spirit. You, 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 you want to concentrate on mama and what papa said and what granny said and what auntie said and they was in church all day. They 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 they, they, they had a a zeal. That's what the Bible say, though. Mm -hmm. But not according to what? No, knowledge. 
And I know you don't want to think great-grandma didn't have no knowledge. I get that. God is progressing. Yeah. And what I want to say is they had as much as they could have in their time. But you should be further along. You should be relying necessarily on the foundation because now you're being built up. Every generation has a foundation. The foundation actually is the, the apostles and their doctrine. But every, found, every, every decade, every generation is moving up in the Lord. Okay? So where they may have stopped here, you still go to the foundation, but you should be like this. And then your next week. Okay? All right, go ahead and read. Um, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. What do they set their mind on? Things of the flesh. Let me ask you something, saints. Can't you tell when you are in your flesh? Yes. And if you can't, then y'all need I, I need to talk to you. <laughs> not saying, see how I say I'm not talking about anybody else. See, I'm not talking about can you recognize it in free? Yourself. Or death. I'm not, I'm not asking that. I'm not asking you to recognize it in me. I'm saying, do you have enough of the Holy Spirit in you? That you can recognize the flesh in you. Because until you can recognize the flesh in me, I suspect you not to be able to recognize the flesh in somebody else. Because you got to recognize in yourself first. Because we always say the word hit us first, right? So if the word hit you first, then it should, the, the correction, the instruction, the reproof, the rebuke should come to you. A lot of times what God has shown me, when I am correcting you, he has already said, like people like priests. It applies to you. It applies to me. So if I'm asking y'all to be patient, and I see impatience amongst the people, you know where I stop at? Yourself. Because I'm a leader. So first God got to say, the reason why they anxious is because you anxious. The reason why they upset in certain areas is because you haven't submitted to the Holy Spirit See, I, I don't have any problem blaming myself because I know that when you blame yourself that God will raise you up because he says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and in due time he will exalt you. Until you humble yourself to no exaltation. And I would like me to submit that when you are in the word and being built up in the spirit, you feel convicted when you do things in the flesh that you know is, is right. adverse to the spirit. Yes. And then the more, but if you stop seeking Christ and stop feeding yourself the word of God, you begin to ignore that still small voice more and more and more, and then you get more comfortable in your flesh and mess. And I feel that. And I'll be like, oh, Lord, let me run back to this verse. Because I feel myself getting back into my flesh. And I know it ain't right. You, you yeah. be convicted. You feel yourself putting that old man back on. That old man be like, girl. You know, you put that in the code. He said, oh, that feel, that feel good. But it ain't no good for It don't feel good after the word. Yeah, it don't feel good after the word. It kind of tight. It get too tight. <laughs> that word, that word get real tight, real fast. It's like, it's true. And you're like, wow, why am I feeling constricted? Because you're not, because you need to take that off. Yeah. You're bigger than that now. That's true. You're better than that now. You're not the, you're not the same person. You're broader than that now. You're grown. So you've grown out of the old man. That is an influence. That's what we read in chapter 7, okay? So we have a situation where there's two choices. There's a choice you, as a Christian now, you can live by your flesh or you can live by the spirit. Okay, read. But those who live according to the Spirit... Pay attention. Go ahead. ...set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Stop right there. So those who live by the Spirit have a choice mm -hmm. to set their minds on things of the Spirit. God is not going to normally intervene when he wants to see how well you will make your choices. <laughs> he wants to see, have you learned your sanctification? He wants to see, let's say we have the point in this book. What Paul is saying is, if you understood what I preached from, from what I taught from chapter one to now, you understand that in the sanctification process, remember I taught this last week, this is where you need God. 
You want all your experience with God, they're going to be in the sanctification. God is always trying to teach you something about himself and about yourself. Amen. And the overall lesson is, you need him, period. He does not need us. He does not need us. You need him. And that, well, I heard a good, good sermon by Charles Stanley that y'all need to get that. Because it was good. It was good. Charles Stanley said, you need to learn to live in your inadequacies. Man, I almost threw my phone down when he said that because I got I, I already knew what he's gonna say. He said, I'm gonna give you seven good things about living in your inadequacy. See, we too busy talking about we gonna do it, we gonna be I I I I I. But then he went back and showed in the scripture. Every person God chose asked one question. Why did you choose me? I'm not equipped. I'm not able. Why would you choose me? Gideon, I'm the least of the tribes of Israel. The angel came and saw Gideon and said, you mighty man of valor, you mighty man of warrior. And Gideon looked at the angel like, who are you talking to? Do you realize, oh, angel, do you realize who I am? I'm here sweeping the floor. And you're telling me what? I can imagine sweeping the angel. Mighty man of valor, you can't be talking to me. You're in the wrong house, angel. He's sweeping the threshing floor. And he says, you're going to deliver the people from the Midianites. Mm -hmm. He's like, right. <laughs> you got the wrong person. Because I'm the least. My tribe, my family is the least of the families in Israel. But doesn't God say so he can get the glory and confound the wise people? He used the lesser things. Yes, he does. So he uses people who are inadequate. And then he equips them. And then he equips them, and that's how he gets the glory. Hallelujah. Who was David? The youngest of the sons yeah. who was out in the field. Yeah. Okay? And when David fought Goliath, he said this, very humbly, God will deliver you into my hand. See, it... Whew, Jesus, thank you. And then the word said, in, in your weakness is where God is made strong. Mm -hmm. So in your inadequacy, your inadequacies. See, compared to God, you are... You are grossly inadequate. Yeah. You can't bring nothing to life. You can't kill nothing. You know, you kill flesh. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't make nothing happen. Right. But through his gospel, yes. you can raise the dead from life. Amen. He gave you power. Yeah. But the people who have their things on the flesh, on their mind, tend to different things on their mind. Mm -hmm. So there's a wrong way. And there's a right way. There's nothing in between. So let's look at some other scriptures back up the wrong way right quick. Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. And it talks about Moses and people who are living under, living under God's word, but deciding to live under the flesh. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. So, what do we see here, Pastor? We see people in the body of Christ who are against leadership. They're not trying to move the church forward. They don't have no answers, but they got a lot of complaints. Janice and Jambers rose up against Moses, the leader, the man God picked, and they had in their minds. I want you to, that's the key word. Read that part again about their mind. Men corrupted. Men corrupted. Where? In mind. In mind. Now they walked with Moses, saw the miracles, but still they did not submit to God from the man of God. And when you don't submit to God and the man of God or the woman of God, you become what? Corrupted in mind. And when you become corrupted in mind, it disqualifies you. See, 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 the, the issue is now, if you, if you feel that you're not where you need to be, you can check yourself. Are you a Janice and Janice? Not so much against me personally. But against the movement of walking truth is what we're trying to do. Have you come into walking truth and now it becomes your vision, not the vision of the house? Okay? There are things that are just simply true. 
You guys are as much part of the vision as I am. But the vision was given to me. Your job is simply, as we walk together, that I don't lord over you with it, that you come and be partnered with me so we can get where we got to go. How can unless we agree? So when we're agreeing, and agreeing doesn't always cause you to see. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. So if you get a sight to me, he needs to give you the faith. Amen. That's all. Follow me as I follow Christ. See, isn't it so easy? It really is. It is so easy. See, y'all know the Bible. Hey, y'all. See, look, look how far y'all are came. Y'all think y'all don't know nothing. Y'all know more than you think. And what God has showed you is he'll give you what to say when it's time. Somewhere about the promise that he will give you what to say. He will. He will. All you got to do is sit there. And he'll eventually come to you. Let's look at another passage of scripture. Let's look at uh let's look at first Peter three and eight. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling, mm -hmm. but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Okay. Go back and read it again. Let's, do, let's see what the mind part. How's the mind play a part in this? Go ahead. So you can bless others so you can receive a blessing. Okay, read it again. Finally. Finally. Okay. Go ahead. Have unity of mind. Okay, first thing we got to do is have what? Unity of mind. Now, does unity of mind mean uniformity? No. Explain that to me, Jackie, since I heard you know loud and clear. <laughs> Explain <laughs> the difference. In my head, uniformity means to me that everybody is different, but the faith makes you united. Amen. That's right. The one God, the one faith, the one baptism, right? So we're all unity of mind. Even though we all in here look different, and all of us have independence of mind, we are not religious because we have unity. Uniformity is religion. Uniformity is standing back there with your white gloves on and all that stuff, and then walking up here a certain kind of way, doing all that kind of stuff. And, and if you don't do it, they look at you like you're crazy. This is what the uniformity does. But see, you could be in uniform and not have any unity. Because that's what they call a deserter in the military. You got uniform on, you look like us, but guess what? You're trying to get away as far as you can from fighting. But when you have a unity of mind, we are all like Navy SEALs. We all deadly with the word of God. You just gonna run up on the wrong one. You might not like me because you're scared of me, but see, you're gonna run up on Sister Jackie, who been taught the word of God. You see what I'm saying? You're gonna run up on freedom. You might not like these old, old folks. You run up on freedom. And freedom speaks the same thing we teach. Yeah. But you can receive it from her because you think you're gonna look with her, but see, she got enough God and lessons in her to where the Holy Spirit will give her what to say. So you can't get away from God's people. You can't get away from what God has given us to walk in truth and have. That's why we have a different demographics of people up in here because we all have an influential circle that we run in. And where you have influence, I might not have no influence at all. And that's okay. Because my job is to give it to you so you can give it away to somebody else. Right. So we have a unity of mind. Go ahead. Sympathy. Sympathy. Brotherly love. Brotherly love. A tender heart. A tender heart. Meaning a gracious heart. That's a sacrifice. That's what you take. That's what you do. You trade in your rights for the privilege of showing grace. It's a privilege to show somebody some grace. What grace does is destroy my ego. Because what grace does is more, it's more about you than about me. I posted that on Facebook today. It's about you. And when I'm challenged by grace, I find my ego right there stopping me from administering grace to somebody. It's me. The problem is me. You can't lose when you give grace, but you may get hurt. You may get hurt. Did Jesus get hurt when he administered grace to us? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
But it says it's better to lose your life than to what? Yeah. My present affliction is not going to count nothing in comparison to the glory that God has. When I go through forgiving grace, God is nothing compared to the glory. That's why I can walk around and not be afraid about anything. Because first thing I do is give my day to God. God, whatever you want this to be. You know, like I told you guys, I was in the refrigerator. I had a four-hour window. They called me second. Because God knew that I needed to be here by the study. All right. But even, let's say God didn't. Then obviously God wants something else. He want me to call y'all or say, Frida, you teach today. Or one of y'all can do something today. If even if y'all just come to fellowship with one another. You see what I'm saying? But I let God be God and dictate my day. All right, go ahead, Brother Love, go ahead. A tender heart mm -hmm. and a humble mind. Mm -hmm. Do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, bless. Mm -hmm. For to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. That you may obtain a what? Blessing. blessing. That you may obtain a blessing. Mm -hmm. So your job is to bless so that you can obtain a blessing. So in other words, my mindset has to be a mindset of willing to give grace so I can receive grace. We flunk at it all the time. I, I do. I flunk at it a lot. I mean, you know, I'm serious to tell you, I'm not some walking saint like that. You know, I get attitude, but I catch it because I know another side of that is my ego. My way, my way. Ain't that right, Daphne? Yeah. But isn't it, isn't it beautiful <laughs> how he convicts us, doesn't condemn us, and then we repent. And we're like, Lord, thank you. Thank you, you. Back out thank you Lord. Lord. Lord, there was an opportunity to say something else. And I did. Right back into myself. Yeah. Right back into myself. Yeah. Right back into yeah. And sometimes you pick up the phone, call the person back, and say, you know what? I apologize. <laughs> I, I, you know, I tripped. I was... You know, I I had just stubbed my toe and ate. This is not a friend. This was why the robocall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Told me what he wanted. Well, sometimes you gotta tell a robocall, you know. So I, I, I it's, it's it's a beautiful walk with Christ. I like what you said. We get convicted but not condemned. You need to be open in your spirit. You need you need you're convicted but not condemned because the Bible says there's no more condemnation. So don't you walk in condemnation when all you need to do is be convicted and do something different. That's the grace of God. He, he puts you in a position to succeed. That's what grace does. People talk about hyper grace. Well, grace allows you to sin and we need to do the law. We just read the law was imperfect. It couldn't do what we wanted it to do. All the law did, it is so holy that we can't do it. You okay, you don't need to fulfill the law of grace, the law of, 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 of Moses. You fulfill the law of grace, which is higher than the law of Moses. Was it, isn't that the purpose where God showed the people through the Old Testament that they weren't able to fulfill it? And Thousands why, of years. And that's why he had to send his son. Thousands of years of in, intro, outro, intro, outro, 400 years of slavery, 70 years of slavery, 18 years of slavery, 40 years of slavery, every time because man worshiped the creation of the creator. Mm -hmm. That's what man was doing. Let's look at Philippians 2 and 5. What time is it? Let's check the time. I, you know, I can talk about this all day. What time is it? Anybody got the time? Oh, uh, it's like about 12.30. Uh, no, about 11.50. Okay, all right. We're going we're gonna to start heading on. Go Philippians 2 and 5. Start at 2 and 2. It's in the middle of the sentence. Okay, go up. Okay, 1. Okay. 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, com complete with joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Okay, we got same mind, full of one accord, joy, love. Okay, go ahead. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing of self. Do nothing. It didn't say sometimes it that. It said do nothing from selfishness or conceit. So he doubled down with saying selfishness and conceit. That out of covetousness. Do nothing with a covetous, covetous mind. 
doing nothing out of being about you and about being about you only. Where it benefits you and it doesn't benefit the unity of the body. It's not about love. It's not about peace. It's not about long suffering. It's all about you want to be right. Mm -hmm. Look how much I know. Look how smart I am. <laughs> I, I, I. Then you just like Janice and Jeremy. See, because when you start doing I, you're quick to oppose leadership. <laughs> That's right. And you ain't supposed to do it. I, I. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Keep reading. <clears throat> but in humility. But in where? Humility. Okay, go ahead. Count others more significant than yourself. So you have to regard others more than, than yourself. Now, 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 significant. Now, watch this. In my selfishness and ego, I may look at you and say, I'm better than you. I may look at you, because if I look at you and say, I'm better than you, then it's, it's all about me. I may look at you and put you down. I may look at you and say some things to you that I should not say. But, 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 I need to understand that if I do this, it's not godly. No matter what you lack, my job is to feel it. My job is to feel it. That's why we hold each other's hand and we pray. When I say squeeze what you have into that person's hand, I'm saying get out of you and get into the person's hand that you hold it. Because they may need the touch of God in their life from you. Okay? But if you ain't got no but selfishness in you, why well, gotta hold hands? Why we gotta do this? Why we gotta do that? Come on, Janice and Jamie, you're gonna make yourself unqualified. You still saved, but you can't work in the body being there like that. You cause a hindrance to the body. Then we gotta live. Hold up. And that's what God commands us to do. Continue working to lift you up. We gotta carry. YOLO because you have decided not to carry it for, for yourselves. That's how grace works. Grace is always looking for somebody who's fallen to give grace to so that they may stand. Okay? Go ahead. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Mm -hmm. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus. So where is this mind at? In you that's supposed to be in Christ. That's in Christ Jesus. So it's in you, but it's in Christ Jesus. There's no more condemnation for those of us who are what? In Christ Jesus. So all the mindset and the power lies within us recognizing that what we need to do is stay connected to the true mind. Because only stay connected to the true mind because we have a right mind. Read that again. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours in Christ Jesus. All right, go ahead. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Stop. Fold up your body. Fold up your body. Fold up your body. So, Jesus took on the form of sinful flesh, which we read in Romans, and he became our propitiation for our sins, our substitute, our mercy. But he didn't think it was wrong to, to humble himself so that he could save you. This is the key, like I said in the beginning. He humbled himself and gave up his rights as God so he could save mankind. He became in sinful flesh. He, could, he didn't have to come in sinful flesh, but in order to save you and be your sacrifice, he had to be like you in a way. He had to come through the blood of a woman. Okay? He had to come born. But the key is, the power is in humility. 90% of your power is, or lack of power, is your inability to be humble. <laughs> That's it. 
That's it. So you walking around calling the devil in your red and fingers and you're going and throwing the oil, but you ain't got no humility. Because it'll be, it'll be shown when I don't recognize you as prophetess, apostle, pastor, and you're getting up talking about you're going to be a prophet. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a prophet. Yeah. 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 Yeah.